everybody, and welcome to the Energetic Principles Podcast. I'm your host, Melissa LaFera, an astrologer, tarot consultant, all-around creative from sunny San Diego, California. And this is the 115th episode of the podcast, airing May 18th, 2021. Now, in this installment, I am pleased to present to you my discussion with Shu Yap, who will join me for conversation on Gemini Eclipse Season 2021. Now, Shu and I are going to walk you step-by-step through this mystical yet busy Gemini season where the eclipse portal opens and we are likely to be carried away to a surreal point in our ever-changing stories. We chat about Mercury stationing retrograde, the messenger square dance with Neptune, getting situated with Jupiter now in Pisces, the looming second pass of the Saturn-Uranus square in the background, and of course, our two key eclipse dates. So hold on to your hats, my friends. We are in for one heck of a season. Now, a fabulous way to show appreciation for this podcast and my astrological efforts is by making a one-time donation over at Mel's Tip Jar, or you can book a personal consultation with yours truly, all of which can be done at my website at energeticprinciples.com. And just a quick note uh, that I will be doing a presentation on Stormy Grace's YouTube Academy on May 31st at 10 a.m. Pacific time, where I will be talking on planetary dignities and debilities and how to better understand and work with them when reading the charts of yourself or others. So tune in to that live May 31st, 10 a.m., where uh, I'll have the presentation, but I will be there to answer questions, or you can watch it anytime after the fact on Stormy's channel which of course I will provide a link to her YouTube in the comments wherever you listen to this podcast. So all right, who is ready to hear all about Gemini eclipse season? Here we go. Now let's meet our guest. All right. I am so happy to welcome to the podcast. We have Shu Yap with us here today. Thank you for joining me, Shu. Hi, Melissa. I'm so happy to be here. I'm a long-time listener of the podcast, so to be a guest on it is such an honor. <laughs> Yay! And I met Shu at the uh, summit we did, the Astrology of Awakening 2 Summit. Uh, was that last month? My All my time is blurring in together, but that's probably the Mercury-Neptune square that's on the approach. <laughs> um, but I got to host Shu's presentation, um, and it was fantastic. And I was like, oh my God, I need to have her on my podcast, just quick as a whip, uh, and so smart with all the astrological insights. So I'm so delighted that you could be here with me today issue. Oh, it's like I said, it's my absolute pleasure. And it was so, um, such an experience to be able to, um, you know, participate in that summit and to see how your work over there in America and everything's so fast paced and on, on point and on ball. And I'm just lagging behind here. (laughs) (laughs) And where is here? Tell the listeners where you're from, uh, you know, who you are, what you do and all that good stuff. Oh, okay. So you might be able to tell from my accent, I am Australian. I live in central Victoria, Jajawurrung country, which is the Indigenous tribe that uh, is the custodian of the land I live on. Um, I am a mother of three. Um, I live off the grid uh, and I'm a beekeeper and grower and I'm an astrologer. So that keeps me Busy, busy, busy. <laughs> and obviously everything that I do on the farm and on the land is um, connected to what I do with my work as an astrologer. So from making medicines to um, observing the skies, um, 
observing the omens in nature, etc. So, yeah, that's a little bit about me. Oh, and but I am envious of your of your life in some regards. Um, I just love how you you know you're just so close to nature, um, and then putting that you know kind of down to earth quality of being connected with you know Mother Earth uh, and, and relating that to the stars and you know the more the possibilities and the the more expansiveness of like when we look up in the heavens versus what's rooted down here in reality. So having you know you know your feet on the ground and your your head in the stars is actually, it's just, I don't know. I feel like you can really bring a lot of insights to the table that other people might not be uh, attuned to just because a lot of us are disconnected from the natural world um, significantly. Mm. So, yeah. 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 It's funny because every morning I check the weather because my life is so dependent on the weather in terms of my power supply, how much water I have, all this sort of stuff. So I check the weather and I check the the chart for the day. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> my two checks in the morning. <laughs> yeah. And um, well, and yeah. have you tracked uh, weather patterns um, with? Uh, Not officially, astrology? just just anecdotally. That, that's something that I really want to get into to study um, time, um, pet, time dependent. But, you know, I do notice things like when, um, you know, Jupiter moved into Pisces, we started to get all this rain or like, you know, when Mercury is really prominent, you know, we do get lots of wind and things like that. So I'm just sort of like making these little observances um, and, and just little things as well. Like um, we just recently had the helical rise of Venus and um, I noticed she's just so much harder to see in the evening rise than she is in the morning rise because in the morning rise, everything's still dark so you can actually see her more at that 10 degrees level difference um, from the sun, whereas in the evening rise, you kind of have to wait closer to about 13, 14 degrees to be able to see Venus. So it's just these little things that I pick up from looking at the stars every morning and every night. Just, you know, just on, just takes a couple of minutes just to go out and see what I can see and then go back inside, you know, so... Um, that's, that's interesting. I'm thinking about like Venus just being, um, uh, what would we say? Like, uh, early to bed, late to rise. Um, almost in a way, you know what I mean? Like if she's, if she's much more visible or easier to be seen when she's uh, an evening star, are we saying evening star in in the morning? morning? No, in the morning. Okay. Because it's early to rise. (laughs) Yeah. Early to rise. Yeah. Because the the contrast of the dark sky with the bright Venus light, you know, whereas, um, well, we had a lot of cloud cover for one, um, at the, the light rise, the evening rise just recently, but She's just very hard to spot, very easy to miss if you're not actually looking for her. Yeah. And I, I really actually didn't notice her until uh, a few days ago. When, well, I mean, obviously she's just popping up. Um, but I was on, on the day that Jupiter ingressed into Pisces, I was doing an event, mm-hmm. uh, like this private event uh, in La Jolla, La Jolla Shores, which was beautiful. It was that this, this like mansion of a house that had a whole, you know, a whole view uh, off a cliff of the Pacific ocean. So I am like arriving. I'm like, if this isn't Jupiter and Pisces, I don't know what is. Um, but as I Lovely. went, as I went through the event, 
uh, I had my back turned to the ocean where the people that I was consulting could see the ocean behind me. So every time I would turn around, you know, I'd kind of get a different view, you know, it started to get darker and cause this was that evening. And then one time I turned around and it was just at that point of, uh, you know, dusk and I saw the moon in its crescent state and then just, you know, cause you know, the moon was in Gemini at the time. And I'm like, what is that? Look at that dot. That's Venus. And, but you know, she was barely coming through. Like you really yeah. had to be like, oh, she was like a speck in the sky. But I was like, that's Venus. Yeah. And- that's the first gate. That first gate of it, that Anana passes through as she comes back up from the underworld. That's the gate of manifestation. The one mm-hmm. that relates to your sacral chakra. So what a stage you had I to be would. able to do all your readings. <laughs> I, it, oh, it was, it was, it was a fantastic setting and it was, a, it was a great night actually. Um, but yeah. I, yeah, I think I queen sitting on a throne. <laughs> I, kind of, I kind of felt that way. I really did. Yeah. Um, not going to lie. I, I did like it. Uh, and so it's funny where she just pops up because I had noticed her in previous, um, I don't know. I've just noticed her in her evening star state um, a lot uh, last year, actually, in the earlier part of last year uh, before she mm-hmm. did her whole, um, you know, what she what she went through. So I don't know. Every time I, what I'm saying, I'm bumbling this out, but every time I'm noticing the moon and Venus close to one another, it's always at a very significant point for me, yes. especially at um, uh, at relationship time, like yes. a relationship turning point. And I'll just look up in the sky and then they'll just both be there together. And it just seems mm. like kismet. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. It's definitely a portal of some sort, yeah. like to do with connection and unity and yeah, all that sort of Venusian lovely stuff. <laughs> feels that way. Well, I guess all, all that being said, look up into the night sky uh, for Venus because she is, uh, slowly but surely becoming visible. <laughs> mm-hmm. That's for, right. Yep. For us to yeah. be again. Yeah. So, uh, and then, yeah, if you, well, let's see when the moon is in, by the time we get to the, uh, eclipse, I mean, mm. she's going, it's no, she'll be in, can- she'll be in cancer by then, but she'll be like relatively close. So, um, well, cause I'm always like, it's easy to, when you have a moon as a reference, you know, when the moon's close to Venus, exactly. Exactly. That's a really good guide. But I think from Australia's perspective, we should be able to see the eclipse. I read in an article somewhere that, um, yeah, this next lunar eclipse that's coming up at the end of the month is actually going to be very visible from the Australian shores. So I'll be going to have a look at that one. Yeah. That's it. And this is the the total lunar eclipse, right? Mm, Yes, that's right. Uh, On the, well, it's happening for us on the 26th of May. Is that, what's the date for you? I think we're the same, we are the same date on the 26th because it happens at like 4 a.m. in the morning. And so that you'll notice that as you and I go through a lot of dates here today, uh, you know, we are halfway, more than halfway around the world from one another. So it's always funny talking to an Aussie in the future. Um, But there will be some discrepancy in the dates, of course, depending on where you're listening to this podcast from, uh, because, you know, obviously time zones. <laughs> yeah, so. that's definitely a good good advice coming into this podcast because yes. you know, it is Mercury Neptune time. So these days could be completely wrong altogether. So I, I know, <laughs> right? 
Definitely double check. What do we say here today? Because I, you know, I don't, I'm sure any, I'm sure as uh, listeners start to tune in, they'll be like, oh yeah, that's what's going on. You know, Mercury, Mercury and Neptune are about to do a dance. um, And we're going to talk all about that, uh, but you're probably already feeling it in many ways. And there's just so much. I like what you said, Shu, before we got on the, um, uh, on, before we started recording, just all the threads that are woven through Gemini season just mm-hmm. and isn't that just so characteristic of Gemini season like it's coming from Taurus where it's slow and steady to all of a sudden being fast and quite you know busy and you know I always feel that shift from Taurus to Gemini yeah um you know and that anxiety kind of kicks in and that restlessness and you know all of a sudden your thoughts are racing and there's so much to do and that overwhelm of how you're going to get it all done and being out of the body and yes yeah. <laughs> yeah it is it is one of the most drastic uh changes it seems like it from sign to sign in many in many ways um not i, I mean it's up there with a couple of different combinations but i would say like you know because taurus not moving very fast. This is slow. This is sleepy. This is, you know, stay the course. And all of a sudden Gemini is just erratic back and forth. Like you said, the anxiety, anxiety is a real thing with, with Gemini, Mm. um, and people with Mm -hmm. Gemini planets speaking as a Mars and Gemini, you know, like I, I, it's, it's rough. So if you're wondering why your body is buzzing, (laughs) And, and you can't sleep at night. Um, you know, it, it could be Gemini. <laughs> yeah, or that you're staying up late. You're not listening to your body's messages of saying, go to sleep, you know, stop working or, you know, go and eat something. You know, we're just so out of our bodies with Gemini compared to Taurus. Yeah, and I, mean, I think everybody might already be feeling it too because we do have Mercury and Venus already in Um touring the twins before the sun gets there. So we are getting our, you know, our fair share. We actually have more going on in Gemini right now than we do in Taurus as we wrap up, uh, you know, cause obviously Shu and I are talking at the end of Taurus season to record this podcast for you. Um, but yeah, I definitely felt those shifts, uh, which is weird when they're together, when you have Gemini and Taurus working together because they are such an mm. antithesis. Um, you know, you still get the anxiety mm. without being able to like really move with it. <laughs> I guess. Yeah. 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 In a way, well, I guess that's why traditionally they're in a version. Those two signs can't see eye to eye. There's no common ground. Um, they can't support each other in a way because they're just so different. Um, and that's often why um, signs that are next to each other, um, yeah, just yeah, in, incompatible in nature generally. Yeah. 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 So, well, and this is what we're going into. This is Gemini, <laughs> this is Gemini season, basically. Uh, but it's not just Gemini season. It is uh, really the first eclipse season of 2021. And so that is definitely mm-hmm. big news. Um, of course, we were going to have two eclipses. We'll have the eclipse uh, with the total lunar eclipse in Sagittarius. Um, and then we will have our only solar eclipse in Gemini. Because we did not, we haven't yet to have one, even though we've had, uh, you know, um, 
the only solar eclipse we got in 2020 was at zero degrees cancer uh, solar mm. eclipse. So this is kind of our only shot um, <laughs> at the Gemini uh, solar mm. eclipse. Um, and what a big one that's going to be in terms yeah. of, um, well, you know, what's interesting to me with these two eclipses this round is that for the first time in their series, the rulers of these two eclipses will be in their own domicile. So I'm hoping that um, these eclipses may turn out to be a little bit more supportive and cooperative to be able to work more harmoniously with into our lives. But, you know, having said that, it is all in the context of eclipses that are usually intense anyway, but, you know, hopefully intense in a way that will be more supportive and productive for us. Yeah, um, because you can work through intensity in a way that is, uh, you know, beneficial for you when it's all said and done, you know, versus intensity that just seems chaotic and is, you know, um, why is this here? You know, that. <laughs> so yeah, that makes sense. perhaps, yeah, perhaps it's a feeling of maybe having more resources or agency to be able to um, work through these eclipses, um, having the, their rulers being in domicile, perhaps that might yeah. be how we could feel them more compared to the other ones that happened last year in December, November, and then in June 2020. So, And that makes a lot of sense because, you know, when we have planets that aren't in domicile, what happens is there's just so much planetary contact and wires can get crossed and it's just not as straight uh, of a direct hit for Mm. the energy that's trying to play out. And so that makes a lot of sense um, that, uh, that is just more direct in nature to get the the purity of what that planetary energy is trying yes. to bring forth. Um, which is interesting yeah, because, totally. because one's like, one is a square to Jupiter. So we get the square. The other one, we have the ruler of Mercury being retrograde within it. So, <laughs> so it's a different, it's funny. It's like they're in domicile, but there's tension with one and then there's, yeah. you know, backward motion with another. Um, yeah, it's so. like having a, difficult boss like you know like a a boss that's well resourced and can manage the business well but they're just being a pain you know yeah (laughs) you know seemingly you know yeah being a pain you know all for our own good there we go there we go um so we do have that eclipse season that's something we're going to be talking about here and obviously i just kind of gave the caveat of uh mercury going retrograde um which will be a big part of the gemini season which is always interesting you know because obviously mercury does rule gemini um and uh how lucky we are to get to the season where the ruler is going into retrograde motion so that says a lot um too about just the the nature of this season with Mercury also being retrograde <laughs> on top of it. Yeah. So there's this idea of, I guess, going within and maybe internalizing uh, or processing some of these, you know, the things that may be coming up with eclipses, perhaps yeah. reviewing, yeah, aspects of ourselves. Yeah, because I feel like there's going to be a lot of motion. Uh, we were already talking about that before, talking about things just opening up, especially here after like, uh, you know, the pandemic uh, story, you know, moving along and just people's lives hitting crossroads. And, and you know, when we turn corners in our lives, um, typically 
if they're big corners, we need time to process. Um, or if we are about to turn the corner or want to turn a corner, we need time to process in order to make those movements and do those shifts that mutable signs are known for because they are transition signs. So, yeah. so yeah. A and blessing. Just, <laughs> one, yeah, one more. Yeah, well, one more thing I wanted to add to that too is that with Mercury stationing three days within the space of that south node lunar eclipse, it's that, you know, this draining effect of that south node, um, you know, which according to ancient astrologers was said to be um, like someone weakening or coming into exhaustion. And when Mercury's standing still there and being very loud in its essence, it could look like just mental fatigue, like just mm. being really drained mentally or memory loss or forgetfulness, um, even like irrational fears or thought processes popping up and, you know, and being next to Venus, this could be play out around relationships or perhaps if it's playing out in terms of our creativity, um, that feeling of being blocked, like creatively blocked for that moment, you know. But, you know, with Mercury being in domicile, I don't think it's going to be too drastic, but maybe it's more of a period of like it, coming within to reset the mind, you know? Um, I could definitely see that. That in, Well, and that's the thing is like, it's, I feel like that's another thing about planets in their domicile with their strength is that it, you know, might be, it get, you know, the mind gets so worn out because it is so strong. And if it's so strong, it just keeps going, you know, and it, it I, there is such thing as burnout, uh, even when something is running effectively, because how much of, can our system take of it? You know, like the mental, mental overload is absolutely a thing, you know, uh, just because yes. that motor is working. Um, which is, it brings me to yeah. my, um, like my new moon spread. Cause I always do a tarot spread for the, uh, the new moons and, you know, obviously this new moon in that happened in Taurus has a lot of Gemini time to it during the lunation cycle until we get to that eclipse mm-hmm. and my centralized, um, my central card was the 10 of swords. Um, and the 10 of swords is, you know, the man down on the ground, all the swords in his back, you know, it can Mm. be, it's just when mental, the mental process just, it it has gone as far as it can go. Um, there Mm. can be like depression associated with it, uh, which, you know, when you're in the mind, you know, Mm. um, that Mm. can be, that can be a thing. So, so I guess what I'm saying is that I, there are a lot of blessings to Mercury being in Gemini, which it is now. Uh, but there is that weird energy. I think that's going to come with the, dissipation of the Neptune energies, the, you know, the first part of the actual, um, station and the reverse mo- uh, motion. And so it might take us some time to find our groove and we might get caught into some of these, um, you know, some of these 10, ten of swords moments, uh, especially since it is stationing mm. in the 10 of swords, uh, Deccan, <laughs> like literally right. uh, as far as, you know, tarot is concerned. Amazing. Yeah. So is it about maybe surrendering to it yeah. a bit too? Absolutely. Um, like not trying to be to controlling over the situation and trying to give in and go into it without fear, which is a big, which is a big task for this. Yeah. yeah. Um, because you trust can, to trust. Yeah. Yes. And to have mm. hope. And you know, it's the thing that has mm. renewal around it because you can beat a dead horse mentally. <laughs> um, mm. you know, especially when you're searching mm-hmm. for an answer with Neptune energy that might not be there and might re 
uh, go around faith or trust or uh, time or whatever that might look like until things are clear. And I love what Susie Chang wrote in her uh, book, The Tarot Secrets Unveiled. Oh, she's so amazing. I yeah. know. And she <laughs> says about the Ten of Swords, she brings up a great fact that like Deccan speaking, it, it can go one of two ways. Like naturally it goes into the next Deccan of the first Deccan of Cancer, which is the Two of Cups. So basically this, you know, this this overload, uh, you know, proverbial death and mental death of the Ten of Swords, uh, when we give away, give way to that mental energy, all that's left or where it goes is, is love, uh, you mm-hmm. know, the two mm-hmm. of cups energy, or if you look at it, um, within, in another scheme, it basically goes to the two of pentacles, which is, you know, juggling different resources and making change because you, you, this has, this can go no further, right. You know, tens turn us around anyways, but to have the, the 10 of swords is arguably unarguably, I don't think we can argue against it. It's like it's <laughs> the most difficult 10, you know, that there is, although the 10 of wands is difficult, but the 10 of swords is, is different. Um, so yeah, that's, right. that's, you know, that's very Neptune too. And Neptune, it gets to that unconditional love, right. Where you just surrender to what is, um, and being that for yourself. And so that's kind of like some things I've been thinking about around that. Mm, Yeah. Yeah. And I guess like with the backdrop of that Saturn Uranus square, you know, being very closely in orb and, um, you know, getting closer and closer more so at the next eclipse, but, um, you know, that sort of has a lot to do with being restless and anxious, as well, you know, that, um, that particular theme for the year. So it's, it's like we're this idea of, um, dismantling like the scaffold that's holding up our lives, you know, as we have to go through and reconfigure it so it can elevate us to different areas in our lives that maybe we haven't worked on, you know, in the past. So, um, you know, there's a lot going on there with, that in the backdrop, the Saturn Uranus square in the backdrop that's coming into full perfection at the next eclipse. But this is kind of the start of the dismantling process again with this south node lunar eclipse where we have to release release more. Um, uh, And what's interesting about this lunar eclipse is that it's the full moon of the Sagittarius solar eclipse that happened six months ago on the 14th of December, Mm -hmm. I think last year. So this is this illumination of something that has seeded back then. Um, And I I don't know if you remember, but I just remember that particular eclipse back in December was so draining. I, I mean, I could not get enough water into me. I just kept drinking and drinking and drinking and just felt thirsty all day. That's what I really noticed. I had lots of clients that really felt that eclipse. And um, one in particular, who was a Sag rising, um, who was pregnant, she actually um, a lot had a mis, well, believed to have a, had a miscarriage um, on that eclipse. Mm. Um, and it was a real miscarriage. I mean, very obvious, you know, lots of bleeding, you know, all the fun stuff that you go through. Um, but then a few months later at the square of that, when the sun squared, she discovered it wasn't actually a miscarriage. What? So she, (laughs) 
What? So, I mean, talk about draining. Like she had that eclipse, that south node solar eclipse in her first house of health. Her body was purging something. Now, I don't know whether she might have, she suspects it could have been a twin or something. Crazy. Um, but, yeah, that to me was like, oh, my God, that was an intense solar eclipse. It was a, it was a total solar eclipse as well, so very, very close um, to the nodes. So, so something that was started there at that time, if you can think, cast your minds back to around mid-December, is coming into our full consciousness now. Like, you know, we, we've collected everything that we've needed to about that story and we're now in the process of um, harvesting it and, and starting that process of processing it, to, like, so to speak. So, yeah, lots to think about with this eclipse. Yeah, and that was a, that was a loaded time um, just in general because, I mean, I, in our own lives, I remember I had a lot of, uh, you know, I, I, can feel, I can feel the threads weaving from my own story to, this, to, to where we're at now, mm. thinking, you know, that was mm. right after the election. That's when we're here in the oh, U.S. Yes. Uh, yeah, that's yeah. when we had the electoral college. The official vote was actually on the solar eclipse. Um, to put right. uh, to uh, elect Biden officially uh, in the office, and so there was, yeah, oh, there wow. was a lot. Yeah, it was. Fun. I was like, really, Monday, December fourteenth. Who comes up with yeah. this timing? <laughs> yeah. Um, well, it'll be interesting to see. I mean, I don't follow American politics, but it'd be interesting to see what is illuminated in his man under his management. You know, at the time of this yeah. eclipse. Yeah. You know, um, so yeah. good, good point uh, to look back then and see how that story has progressed uh, until this moment, you know, when we have our eclipse on the 26th of May. Um, but before we have that eclipse, we have a few things that happen. Um, and so basically, I don't even think we said Gemini season starts on Monday or Monday. Did I have the right? No, I don't have the right thing. Thursday, <laughs> wrong, wrong day. I always do that in my, uh, I always mess up the day in my ingress because I use a form. I basically write all this down in a list, people. <laughs> and for some reason, I never change the actual day on the ingress of the sun. Um, it's always Monday. It always shows up Monday. Um, no, but it's Thursday, uh, Thursday, May 20th. Um, and Basically, right away, the you know on the twenty first or twenty second, depending, you know, keep in mind, give it a day day buffer uh, for the whole world as we talk about these dates. Um, mm-hmm. We have the sun uh, immediately squaring that Jupiter and Pisces, so mm. yeah, that's kind of our first planetary um, connection, uh, other than the moon um, to, and I mean the sun. It's a <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, so that's so. The, is that the that's around? Yeah, there's a few things happening. So there's that Sun square Jupiter, um, and then Mercury makes its first square to Neptune, Neptune square. Yes, and at the same time, around about Saturn stations retrograde. So, to me, Oof. I don't know about you, but that really paints a very clear picture of a potential problem here for, for the season. Like, yeah, um, you know, to me, I'm reading it as. Sun square Jupiter, like the potential for excess, uh, over-exaggeration of our capabilities or our capacity, maybe a bit of arrogance or taking on too much or over-committing or burning the candles at both ends, that kind of 
clash of one's ego with the expansion of Jupiter. Yeah. And then, you know, we have all this um, nebulousness of that, the mind with the Mercury square Neptune, maybe not giving us the mental clarity that we possibly need to be able to make these decisions of whether we should take on all this extra stuff or perhaps it may look like fraud or gullibility or um, transaction losses and theft and information loss and things like that, misjudgments of, um, you know, issues and things. Yeah. Uh, you know, because Mercury's very thick in that shadow period, it will go retrograde in a week and it's really slowing down and intensifying. So, you know, so I would be really cautious of that week, um, you know, of those few days, you know, to be, I don't know, maybe back up your computers or, you know, <laughs> keep a hold on all your technology yeah. and stuff, and, you know, which and I'm not good at. So, Oh, you better take your own advice. Um, <laughs> and, and so basically this is, you know, when you listen to this podcast, uh, if you listen to it as it's released, this, it'll be this coming weekend. That's how close we oh, okay. are to this. So we're talking as if it's off in the distance, but really it's just days away. Um, <laughs> And enter Mercury Neptune. Um, yes. Oh, yes. you're a professional at this, um, <laughs> Melissa. <laughs> well, I'd like to not, not oh, think it's gosh. days away, but it is. Um, but yeah. I, I think you're absolutely right about all those things and throwing Saturn stationing in the mix of just yes. kind of like, you know, like hitting some sort of wall or being very. Uh, uh, you know, in tune with what our limits are when we, ne- when we didn't have them, because, you know, the sun squaring Jupiter is like, oh, I can do more. The sun ha- is, has, you know, not the best judgment of Mercury squaring Neptune as it slows down the station because it is in Gemini. So it has to look to Mercury. Um, and then Saturn's like, so it goes through that process. It's like, I can do this with the Jupiter. Then it's, then it has the Mercury Neptune is like, can I really, is this, is this, or, or, you know, like, oh man, I don't have as much energy yeah, let's as I do thought. It. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. It'll be fine. Yeah. And Saturn's like, uh, yeah. boys, yeah. ladies. I, <laughs> you know, I've gone on vacation. The boss has left the building and the company's just now a bit loose. And it's, uh, <laughs> we, I think we lose the discernment and the grasp on reality on reality a bit with those three aspects coming through as Gemini season starts. So I think, you know, it would be good to be like do lots of meditation and have a clear mind so that you can try and be a bit more clear about what your capacities are, what you can take on and what you can't, you know. Yeah, yeah. Have some outsourcing your boundary making processes perhaps <laughs> well it's be. true because it's like the you know mercury neptune um it, it obviously can kind of dissipate our mind to where it can we can get that mental fatigue or if we try to uh i know someone who's doing a cross-country road trip on that weekend and trying to do 14 hour days of driving and i don't i have a feeling that person is going to be like oh wait I don't know if I have the mental capacity to keep going, you know, like it might hit, hit like that. Um, and so, yeah. and, but it's also like the pro- proliferation of ideas too. You know, Neptune is this boundless imagination where mm. Mercury is so strong in Gemini um, and is going to have to weed through things during the retrograde process. But right now it could be just this bundle of ideas that you come up with and everything seems so feasible with the sun squaring uh, Jupiter. You're like, what can't I do? Um <laughs> Yeah, and, that's right. And uh, yeah, I think it would 
Yeah, I think that's a good point because I, I guess I'm I'm looking at it all quite negatively. Um, but yeah, maybe this is the time to be in the ideas. Um, maybe not executing the exactly. ideas. Exactly. Um, yet. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yet. <laughs> yeah. Meditate on them, sit with them, maybe get excited by them. Uh, but realize, you know, like some are, it's very seven of cups. Some are going to pan out. Some aren't. Now's not the time. Like don't go in all investing on like, just, on, you know, on, on a whim, don't do it. Um, but there is something to be said about Saturn stationing retrograde, because like you pointed pointed out earlier, Shu, the Saturn Uranus square is just around the corner. And even though it's more uh, later in uh, June, it is tight enough in orb where this station is going to trigger that. So we mm-hmm. could definitely see Saturn Uranus. And I love the, the picture image you gave us of that scaffolding coming down and needing, you know, like that's, speaks to me mm. a lot. Um, yeah. and, uh, and I think we're going to see that, or we're going to feel that, um, or maybe feel the weight of it or the decision-making process with it, even though that could be a little fuzzy with all the other things we just talked about. Um, and that, and that can bring up a lot of things to too, because, you know, we have the sun scoring Jupiter. We're obviously moving along in our stories. This is, you know, growth is taking mm-hmm. place because uh, squares mm-hmm. push things forward. Um, Mercury squaring Neptune, depending on what we're dealing with, Neptune also is loss. It can be grief. And so there mm-hmm. is, the mind could be uh, triggered um, by those feelings because it is Neptune in Pisces too. And so feelings are meeting with the intellect, with Mercury, and of course it being in Gemini. Um, and then the Saturn and all that scaffolding you're talking about in those bigger uh, picture changes of 2021 with the Saturn square to Uranus are this backdrop story that basically gets intensified by Saturn Mm. stationing at that Mm. same time. So it's going to look different for so many people, but these are all possibilities. Mm, mm. Yeah. It's this kind of otherworldly feel to it. And you get that with when you're close to an eclipse anyway, which because there's an eclipse coming up straight after all of this. So this yeah. is almost like a prelude to it's the lead up. out of body experience. Yeah. yeah, it really is. I had a client the other day, uh, tell me that they felt like perfect too, because they're Pisces rising. It felt like sometimes I just feel like I'm a floating orb and like, yeah. and it's overwhelming because there's no, there's, the ground's not there, you know, you're just floating in space. And so there is this really, like you just said, there's this really surreal quality to this yep. time, um, yeah. I think for everyone. Yeah, and you don't know which way's up. But the thing is, if you try and take control of it, you just get more stressed. You have yeah. to kind of just go with it, you know. It's like, uh, I don't know, being on mushrooms or something, like <laughs> try and take I control, know. you lose your shit. <laughs> yeah, pretty much. Then you're going to think you're dying and you're never coming out of the trip. <laughs> um, but I've been there before. Uh <laughs> But if you let let go and realize that time is, uh, you know, fleeting yeah, before you know, yeah, it, it is. I know time is just a made up construct. People remember that as we enter the eclipse portal, um, and we go through these Neptune action. Uh, but you know, th- th- and that's the beauty of this is like, like you just said, this is the lead up to the total lunar eclipse at five degrees Sagittarius on Wednesday, the 26th of May. Um, so that's our, that's our prelude. That's our, you know, that's, that's the intro. Um, and Mm. 
and it's so big because there, this is, I know the sun squares Jupiter and Pisces, but having this, this, uh, eclipse square Jupiter and being the eclipse ruler, if you want to know something about Jupiter and Pisces, this is going to tell you what that mm. feels like. <laughs> I think. Yes, that's right. A thousand times fold, you know? Yeah. Because the eclipses are going to really amplify that. Um, but yeah, but interesting that the, you know, because it is a South node eclipse, which is all about draining and releasing and diminishing being ruled by Jupiter, which is really the opposite of that, you know, growth and expansion affirmations. So it's like these two concepts are vying at each other. These two agendas vying for victory in some sense, like how is that going to play out? I'm just wondering whether, Maybe it's something like the overconsumption or over-exaggeration or taking on too much, all that sort of stuff leading up to this might possibly lead us into the eclipse time where we feel like, oh, we've just got to let it all go or, you know, possibly change the way we think about things, our beliefs or, yeah. you know, change our attitudes, you know, because this South Node eclipse in Sag is all about us having some kind of a paradigm shift in our truth and our beliefs. Um, so I wonder whether this might be that turnaround point where we head to that crisis. Oh no, I've, I've just taken on too much. I don't know how I'm just feeling overwhelmed and yeah. Yeah. Let's just go. Yeah. Yeah. Empty oh. that cup a little bit. And well, and that's the thing too, is I think we're going to be very aware that we have a full cup because this is what I was saying. Uh, the other day I did a, um, a video on Jupiter and Pisces on my Instagram, um, and some thoughts that I had around that. And I was just, I don't know. It just seemed very, um, apparent to me that we, we just don't have that water energy and we haven't had Jupiter in a water sign since 2018. And there's just been so much of the detachedness with like, you know, Jupiter deferring to Saturn, uh, this Aquarius mm. energy, even this Taurus energy. And all of a sudden we have, you know, the planet of more, more, more going into an overwhelming water sign. And so I feel like there's a deluge of emotions and, uh, just, mm. you know, watery content that is coming up. And, and Pisces is a sign of overwhelm. So I think that there is a, a large chance for overwhelm here, but I love that you brought up, um, you know, those very key words about the Sagittarius Gemini axis and those, those, you know, beliefs and, and what, you know, and those, you know, like I do feel like, cause it is, like you said, it's a South node eclipse. So there is a release point there. I call that the, uh, you know, the, the cosmic Drano basically where we can just, you know, flush out that system and, and get it all. And that's, and that what's being flushed is that the, that belief, these stories, these old stories, the journey, um, you know, there is, I, I feel like there's a lot of power behind, um, really going somewhere, uh, emotionally for our own sake to clear out old beliefs, old stories, um, just old, you know, dynamics, because what we tell ourselves in our head and the picture that we paint every day to live our lives, those, mm -hmm. that is what we uh, co-create from ev at every waking moment. And so making sure we're mm -hmm. on the right page, and especially if we're going through shifts and transitions, um, that maybe start things or about to start things as the solar eclipse is coming along. Uh, I think that's very Im important piece to this puzzle. 
Yeah, especially with the Sagittarian energy, you know, this is where we may have been a bit too self-righteous about a particular topic or, you know, too dogmatic about something, you know, that kind of um, insensitivity perhaps to a broader, you know, range of opinions that could have also been uh, fed into your belief system, you know. So it's, it's that opportunity to kind of soften all of that. And, and to be more open to what other possibilities, uh, you know, are presenting. Mm. Yeah. I do. I like that. Being open to other possibilities, because this really goes back into that Mercury-Neptune I was talking about and where the mind uh, can really access a, uh, a strong, you know, thread of imagination and, and, vi- and vision and imagineering, you know. Um, and we have the whole Mercury retrograde process to go through this and filter those things out. But um, mm-hmm. I think that, that could be also also a part of it and uh, just opening up uh, possibilities because uh, you know Gemini loves variety. It love it is the spice of life. Like, give me, let me try this, let me try this, let me try this, and we have a door about to open with the eclipse. Um, you know, on the North Node eclipse, solar eclipse that. It does help variety come in more and open things up. So yeah, I like I like mm. all those themes. Yeah, and Nept uh, Venus also comes to um, make some uh, um, squares with uh, it makes a square with Neptune at the same time too. So you know, and this you know brings in again like our connections to people, our creativity. Um, I'm wondering that maybe that may look like um, perhaps disappointments or disillusionments about things that haven't quite really panned out to what we had expected, you know, and it's this lunar eclipse energy to sort of show us that, to illuminate things um, like that, to help us release them perhaps. Um, So releasing the attachments perhaps that we may have had, um, onto projects or people and things. And, um, yeah, so this Venus there is also, also doing its thing in that eclipse story. Yes. And it's so, yeah, it's crazy that Venus, you know, basically Mercury squares, Neptune, Venus squares, uh, Neptune right at, you know, right around the eclipse. And then a couple days later, you know, Venus makes a conjunction with a slowing Mercury, and then Mercury mm. station. So there, there is this Venus Mercury story and Neptune that is all going on uh, and coinciding with this eclipse. So I think you're absolutely right with some of the scenarios that you just pointed out there. Um, and I think a lot of it too, because another thing with Venus, she has to do with uh, our value system, you know, and uh, what we, you know, because values are essential or they should be what we're attracted to in some way. And we want to open up in our lives. And we, we, you know, I'd like to think that we all live by our values uh, and we come to um, uh, research or, you know, revise those from time to time when they don't Mm. resonate with us anymore. And so I'm wondering that too, is like part of the disillusion that might come within the square to Neptune for Venus. And then also conjuncting Mercury there too, is just, um, getting a good, like intellectual look at, 
you know, if our mind is aligned with our values within it, yeah. uh, because disappointment yes. can lie there, you know, if, if we're not in touch with what we really value and we want something that's not matching up with that and, or we give of ourselves too much, um, that is not in the service to what we really value, you know, all these types of side stories. Yeah, I love that. And I, I think Venus and Mercury work really well together, you know, as, you know, inner planets that we feel them so, they're so familiar to yeah. us in our everyday lives. Um, and I find that Venus, Mercury, um, the times when they come together, it's such a creative time. And I see that a lot in charts of really creative people that have Venus and Mercury together. Um and, you know, even though Mercury is going retrograde, it is nevertheless amplifying this stationing phase um, yes. that it's going through. So it could be a really potent time to be receiving transmissions um, of the creative sorts or um, maybe even guidance around relationship matters or our values, like you said. Um, but you know, like it's it's this idea of um, uh, maybe perhaps we could adopt a more passive approach, like given Mercury's mm. stationing into our relationships, because this is a time perhaps, yeah, miscommunications could happen, but time alone could be just the right medicine to be able to you bring in some transmissions or guidance that um, you're possibly seeking. Like it's a potential for like a creative kind of awakening of some sense. Mm, I, I totally agree with that because it's a, that, and that's the thing that's going to be a little bit tricky about this Gemini season. Like when we started out, we were talking about how Gemini loves to rush around and there's an anxiety around it. And, you know, there's like this go, go, go busy energy that just happens with Gemini and that short attention span. <laughs> um, but a lot of this season and this particular moment that we're talking about, you know, from the 26th through the uh, 30th, because that's the thing too, is like, we have, you know, Venus meeting Mercury, Mercury stationing retrograde. And at the same time, Mars and Cancer is trining Neptune, you know, mm. in Pisces. So there's even more to this slow down story, this, um, this, you know, take it with, with ease. There's no rush to get here, commune, go into the meditative state, realize things are going to change. You might change your mind. Um, and you need space to do that. And you might need quiet, uh, and you might, you know, we're taking a more soulful approach, even though yes. the intellect is part of that. Yeah. I mean, I wouldn't expect to be too productive this month. I think it's <laughs> that dreamy state, doesn't it? Yeah, it really does. Yeah. Yeah. But if we can actually tap into that stop and not just not try too hard, because you know, where Mars is, it wants to really put in a lot of effort and try too hard, but you know, if we can just go with that zigzag crab approach, you know, you know, we may be able to just tap into that flow and the zeitgeist of, you know, what's happening at the moment. And um, so, yeah, it maybe it's about spending more time with family mm. or um, instead of just looking at the clock all the time, like just just to be in that moment. Um, yeah, so that's, that's yeah, a good point about, you know, Mars coming into Cancer, trining Neptune at the same time. Yeah. Cause I mean, Neptune's diffusing a lot of things. What I'm getting from this right now is Neptune's basically adding diffuse tension with our minds, 
with our relationships, and it's flowing uh, with ease with our action energy. So I think there's just going to be to liken back to what you the term you used earlier was surreal. There is a real Mm. surreal quality for Mm -hmm. much of the, you know, that first part of the eclipse season and then what happens in between that. Um, And I feel like there really is this otherworldly, we'll have the, the intellect will be there. We'll process it as much as we can. There is going to be those creative hits like that you're saying that I think can give us just the right inspiration to maybe take back in to the retrograde cycle that Mercury will be undergoing. Uh, But there really is something to be said about the emotional content and the intuitive self and the heart-based self um, with Mars and Cancer and Neptune and, and Pisces. Um, Pisces. Yeah. Yeah, definitely. Neptune's been such a big signature of this whole eclipse series. You know, every single one of them in this series will be square Neptune. And, you know, what I've observed, you know, at the time when these eclipses started back in June last year, there was a lot of talk about conspiracies and mass confusion. I don't think we'll look back at this time in the future and still know what's going on. I I think this whole (laughs) time will be a mystery, which is very Neptunian. And that's now come to to evolve to a story about vaccines, you know, or the virus for one, which is very Neptunian, you know, an invisible but very contagious nebulous thing that's influencing the masses and then now the vaccines you know the medicines associated with this virus you know you can see how Neptune is actually having a very subtle but powerful um, grip on this whole story it's like it's just sitting back going you know yeah <laughs> it's, it's, yeah <laughs> it's watching from afar and like oh yes I'm I have let these humans try to figure this great exactly. mystery out <laughs> Um, and that's the thing is like, we can't, you know, the great mystery, that's the thing is you're not meant to figure it out. And and that might be the difficulty here is because Gemini wants to figure things out. Gemini does not do well with uncertainty. And so we have this tension between, um, wanting certainty versus not having it. Um, Mm -hmm. and that can be a difficult state to live in unless you're like you were saying earlier, uh, willing to live in the present and in the moment and kind of flow with what is without getting too concerned about the future, um, or getting, uh, maybe stuck in the past at the the same time. And so there's this Mm. trust that comes with mystery and there's this need for the intuitive faculty to kind of, uh, trust in your guidance to just get you through a moment that just might not be, you know, crystal clear. And, and there's that, thing about getting back into the body again, which is such a conundrum in Gemini season. That's the big, I think it's the big challenge for all of us this month to get into our bodies so that um, we don't make ourselves the target or the victim of Neptune as well by Mm. having our guards down and catching infections and being sick and you know, not necessarily with COVID, but, you know, just, well, we're coming into flu season anyway in in, a, in Australia, but, you know, with the borders opening up and people mixing a little bit more, you know, I'm just seeing the potential here for like more contractions of, you know, the common cold or COVID or whatever it is. Yeah. Contractions in general, because I, I mean, that's mm, Neptune yes. does come, 
Neptune comes with that. It's like, like you said earlier, like this, it's the sneaky, you know, the, the subtle, the subtle germs that are just wafting by. And then all of a sudden, you know, you wake up with a runny nose and you're like, and that, and that's kind of Neptune. Um, and it already diffuses our energies and having Mars trining it as well. Um, there absolutely when Gray and I, Gray Crawford and I originally did our 2021 forecast, um, earlier in the year. And even when we did our update, our IG live, I, I kept looking back to this period as it being a, another interesting turning point in relation to COVID oh, right. just in general, right. because I mean, COVID has been okay. following, uh, the, the, it's been following Neptune, but it's also been following, um, the, uh, sun Mars cycle to me. Uh, mm. which is doing its own thing that is not complete from when back in September of 2019, when it made its conjunction and, and Virgo, and that's the whole other thing. Um, but so there, yeah. there's this, so Mars plays a, a part in my mind in this whole pandemic. And so to have it trying Neptune at a time, and I'm not trying to scare people. I just want to make them aware. Cause like you said, when there's more people, it, it's opening up, you know, we're in closer contacts, there's masks coming off here, you know, like the people aren't, um, you know, if you're vaccinated, but who's checking that or how does that work? Or is the vaccines working? I, you know, these yes. are all questions. This is mystery. So many this is mystery. Yes, it's mystery, modern day mystery, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> um, so that's what we're, you know, and so the best we can do is to look after ourselves, our own bodies. Don't leave our bodies open to all of that, you know, try and enforce some boundaries on, you know, your hygiene, your health, go to bed early, drink enough water, you know, just the simple things, the, the simple things that we um, we need, you know, to survive. Yeah. Well, and I, I like that you used a word that we have not brought up yet, and that is boundaries, because that's another thing that's difficult at this particular time, especially now that Jupiter is in Pisces and not under the domain of Saturn any longer. So, you know, there, there hasn't been that, the, the boundaries are lessening in many ways, especially with all this, the energy coming to Neptune, which Neptune and Pisces, this is not about boundaries. This is like, yes. this is the open, this is about as open as you get. Um, but at the same time, we have this looming Saturn Uranus square, which is going to make us very mm-hmm. aware of the boundaries and maybe in a disruptive way, if they're not somehow put in there, because there, there's not a whole lot of earth going on. Now no. at this point, yeah. no, not at all. And did you say Saturn retrograde as well? Because that's also yes, because um, Saturn yeah, retrogrades did. right before that um, that eclipse. Yeah. yeah. So we're losing that sense of reality a bit, or maybe it's an invitation to escape reality for a bit. But we have to make sure we can get back out. <laughs> yeah. Cause it, it still exists. Reality still exists. Even if we, we like to forget that it doesn't. So this is going to be, I guess what we're saying is that this is going to be just a very interesting time that is rather surreal. Uh, and we just have to be conscious to be, um, I, I like that advice of getting in your body because that is you know, as we float as that orb in space and we don't feel any boundaries or we feel the overwhelm or the anxiety, or we push ourselves beyond limits that we can, you know, we write that check that our butt can't cash as they say, you know, 
Um, you know, we might want to, uh, to just get back down and ground, go out, put your feet on the earth, you know, just, just let that energy resolve, um, through you so that you can kind of just come down and, and connect. Yeah. Have some familiarity, like have some things in life mm. that seem familiar to you that you can, that can rec- um, that can immediately scream out at you as to like, oh, this is your next step, you know, just to have a few things in place. Yeah. Oh, I like that. I like that. We all need a little bit of comfort, right? You know, that's the, yeah. <laughs> we say with Uranus and Taurus is like disrupting our comfort zones, but uh, maybe we can actually get our way through some difficult times or some uncertain times as we're talking about by having that point of comfort, because it's like, at least I can, I can trust in you. I can believe in you, you know, special blanket or, you know, whatever yeah, it might be for a you. Pet or something. Yeah. yeah. It might, yes. Pet, you know, cuddle with your cat or your dog, you know, that's, yeah. that's a source of grounding as well. Um, that's right. Plants. Cause you know, you've got to go, go and water your plants regularly. So it's a pro it's a practice of grounding. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like that. Yeah. So, all right. So we just went through a lot of uh, Venus, Mercury, Neptune, Mars, an eclipse. We did all that. And then on the 31st, uh, we have the sun conjuncting the North Node, um, which is another point in the eclipse story, I would say, because, you know, mid, literally midpoint between eclipses, we have the sun actually meet the North Node, which always brings some sort of a message of illumination, I would say. Yeah, I guess it's um, bringing to our consciousness something maybe about our creative essence or our eternal spirit that we may feel impelled to really want to amplify. Um, you know, and uh, whenever you see the sun near the nodes, you always know there's an eclipse around the corner and That's that right. things are going to be intensified. And I, I always find with eclipses that, and I've seen this in many clients where we start to just question our purpose. You know, what am I doing? Is this all, you know, worth it? Is this right? Am I, you know, like, is this job the right job for me? That sort of stuff comes up a lot with eclipses. And what I do find is that um, when the eclipse period is over, um, or if you can counsel these clients to just change their perspective mm. around their job rather than actually changing the job, which they feel impelled to do, um, you know, it's a huge sigh of relief. And I think the sun tapping into that north node really starts stirring these um, ideas about our purpose because we're trying to tap into what our spirit truly wants, you know, in I, the material world, which is that north node, you know. Yeah, I it's think how you- we. It'll yeah. go, go, go. It's how we keep it. Oh, coming, it's how yeah. we get actually into our body because the South Node is all about getting out of our body and the yeah. North Node is all about how are we going to get in this body to make this body work in this real world, you know, through I, our material gains, et cetera. I think you just nailed it with the advice of the perception change because a lot mm. of times it's not what we have to physically change in our lives. It's not what we have to, you know, it, it comes down to perception because you're, you know, as cliche as the, it is, you know, your perception is your reality. And so That's if right. there's any time um, to get that illuminating hit of a perception that may need to change in whatever area, you know, Gemini is for your chart, because there's a purity of it there with the conjunction and that all happening. That is, yeah, I, I think it is very much a, uh, 
a perception shift. Um, and there's a lot to say about that, having Mercury just stationed retrograde just, you know, two days earlier. So the, the you know, the planet of our perceptions uh, that's guiding the sun and this north node is doing its own shift. It literally just made a shift. Um, mm. and it's caught in that Neptune web. So I, I don't know. I, when you said that, that was like, I think that's a key piece to take away uh, if, for anybody who's listening to this yeah. podcast right now. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Well, the secrets of the universe being revealed right here. <laughs> right here. All you gotta do is switch your perception and that is easier said than done, yeah. right? Just that is switch easy. the energetic principles. Yeah. <laughs> podcast. No, and that, uh, and that, but that's the thing too, right? Is that, you know, we have the sun conjunction, the North node, but it's simultaneously opposing the South node. So shift that perception, but what needs to change within it? Probably a belief, (laughs) you know, like Mm. that's perceptions don't change unless our beliefs around them do. And that is, they're, mm. inter, they're, you know, inextricably tied up in one another. And so this is, this is a, a double, you know, two things going on here. Change yeah. that belief and your perception changes. Yes. And, and what makes our beliefs even more resonant is if we can embody that and that North Node um, symbol of like being in the world and of this world and wanting to make and create of this world ambitiously you know if this is kind of like that shift of like right getting in back into our bodies now let's try and let's try and make something of it of all these dreams of all these visions that we've just had you know um, and that's what that next eclipse will be more about. Yeah. More, yeah. it's more real world, <laughs> more real world. Yes. But for right now, yeah. we just get that shift, I think. And then we start yep. to, uh, do some loose planning or just, or just, you know, how you wake up and you, th- well, wake, you just wake up and you think different. Uh, it doesn't happen every day, but sometimes, <laughs> you know, you just approach something and just something just switches and you're like, Oh, I see this in a new light yeah. or, or I yes. heard this. Um, you know, and that's very sun, right? I see it in a new light or I heard yes. this too, because that's the thing with Gemini energy is, you, you know, you want to take into account all the information that's around you, uh, and actually listen to it because you might get a key piece of information, um, that mm. comes to, and that might actually be part of this process is if you have the perception shift and the, in the belief shift, it could come from information that is presented to you in some way, mm. shape or form, whether that is outside of yourself with some correspondence, a phone call that comes in, or you're just or you're getting back to that intuition that we were talking about earlier, where, you know, in that quiet moment when you're laying in bed and you just woke up and then all of a sudden you hear a voice that says, blah, 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 blah. And you're like, oh my God, that's right. You know, yeah. it's all yes. these things can be yeah. the precursor. Perhaps a, perhaps a walk on that day, you know, where you can see the sun or looking at the sunset or the sunrise, like that may, um, you know, bring you into alignment with, what this purpose is calling towards or what these perception shifts could be. Oh, um, I like that. That will be the 31st of May. May. Is that right? 31st yeah. of May? Yeah. Yeah. And we do have, uh, as it as it makes its conjunction, and we're and actually, Shu and I are talking right now as Venus is conjunct the North Node. So we are actually speaking on, you know, two women are speaking about the North <laughs> Node as, uh, you know, as we talk about this. But um and it's interesting too, because actually when that conjunction is made of the sun and the North node on the 31st, the moon is going to be in Aquarius, uh, trining uh-huh. Mercury. 
and Venus. Oh, wow. Yeah. So oh, there, wow. Yeah. There's something special to the 31st. Uh, I, I would actually, that's funny. I'm this shameless plug. That is the day I do uh, <laughs> my, um, my presentation on Stormy Grace's YouTube Academy on the 31st. So good thing I remembered that. So if you want to hear me speak on Dignities, oh, um, I will be doing that. On, oh, what, what are you presenting on? Oh, dignities. Uh, the dignities and debilities. Yeah. Uh, and Great. so that will be, I think, at 10 a.m. Pacific on the 31st. Oh, I'm glad I remembered that now. Uh, but it, I think it's going to be a, it's going to be a special day. It's Memorial Day here in the U.S., um, oh, so it's right. a holiday too. Oh um, wow! Yeah, there's a lot yeah. going on there. Oh great! Well, I look forward to listening to that um, tutorial. Is that what Yay. she's calling them? Tutorials? Yeah. Um, maybe I'm not sure the verbiage, but uh, I know there's a lot of content happening. So definitely go check uh, what out what she's doing out. Um, regardless, if you oh, watch, she's me. amazing. But there there's so much uh, being uploaded right now. Um, so, all right. Well, you know, we just got that hit from the the North Node and the Sun meeting on the thirty first on Memorial Day here in the U.S. Uh, and then we had basically we get to our last quarter point in Pisces on mm. Wednesday, June second, at least here in the U.S. Um, which is interesting, you know, last quarter always pulls at some emotional strings and here we have it taking place in Pisces. Um, so it kind of adds mm. more to the mystery <laughs> in my mind. Yeah. But you've got that lovely Venus, um, trying Jupiter thing. Yes. I think there'll be lots of reminiscing of old mm. times and, and, you know, I think this is a time where we can tap into this sort of flow and, um, the infinite sort of nature of possibilities, but perhaps this is the time we can re-energize or refill our cup with, you know, good energy and, and you know, you know, we've had the cosmic Drano effect <laughs> and like we're, <laughs> we're now trying to selectively fill it up with nice things and Venus trining Jupiter would be that, you know, that kind of um, energy. But, you know, it is that third quarter um, moon. So, you know, maybe it is about turning your back on, um, things that don't serve you as well. Yeah. Well, cause Pisces always asks us, you know, like the part of the emotional flow is to transcend something or forgive something or let something go in some way. And last quarters are kind of part of that too, because, you know, we turn some, a page, especially internally in, in a way. And so it, you know, it, and there's a lot of water going on because basically on that last quarter, uh, we have Venus moving into cancer. So now Venus is in a different vibe. Uh, and then like she was just saying, she immediately trines Jupiter. Um, and so I don't know, what do you think about, uh, Venus going into cancer just in general? I know you love Venus. Um, and her yeah, <laughs> I think, well, she's coming into more dignity, you know, coming into cancer. Um, and, you know, it's a feminine planet within a feminine sign. Um, and so I, I just think we'll be able to feel a bit more connected um, from a heart level, you know, um, where we might have had more superficial connections in Gemini, like when Venus moves into cancer you know, the connections become deeper and more meaningful. And I think that's what's really important for us all to be able to feel um, a sense of being valued um, and loved. 
um, and to be able to feel nourished in some sense. Yeah. So I always like Venus in Cancer is a good time to self-care and 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 not to be too worried about what you should do, but just, you know, just take the time to have a bath or, you know, book in a massage or something like that. Yeah. Mm, well, I can definitely get behind that because I have Venus in Cancer and I literally took a lavender Epsom salt bath right before I got on this call with you. <laughs> So I am oh, supporting amazing. that message. Um, and uh, yeah, I'm, I'm so excited. Well, obviously I'm excited for her to come back home to my home because I basically, yes. I have a Venus at early degrees cancer. So she'll be almost returning, uh, trying Jupiter, which is nice. Wow. That's um, nice. Yes. I am. I am literally counting days until that. <laughs> I'm like, break. Venus come home. Um, but I, I'm really liking this, this trine. I mean, it, it's kind of a sweet spot of Gemini season to me. It, it's interesting because it coincides with the sun also trining Saturn. So here, mm-hmm. it's, so we have two different pieces going on. We have the emotional, you know, heartwarming, merging, connective piece of Venus and Cancer trining Jupiter uh, in that Pisces moon action. But then we also have this, uh, maybe conversations that uh, are around, like, or, or just thoughts around more long-term matters, or the, or just I don't know, like some of those boundaries we were talking about that weren't a, a, a round <laughs> earlier, you know? Yeah, I guess um, it's a good combination in a sense because. Saturn's going to make sure we're not getting too carried away with the Venus trying yeah. to do the thing. <laughs> and, you know, we're talking trines here. So, you know, we're looking at more harmonious, supportive aspects. Um, so maybe Saturn is with in a trine with the sun. The sun is shining a light on more of our internal reality and making sure we don't veer too far away from that inner compass that we have, you know. Um, and so I, I think it's going to be a really lovely start to June. Yeah, I totally agree. So, so you can bookmark the second and the third as being um, probably pretty sweet times. They might have some emotional quality, or they might have some of that reminiscent quality that she was saying, mm. like you know, kind of bringing you back. Because Cancer will likes to dive into the past and remember things. Um, so there is yeah. that, but there is the solidity of the moment with the sun trining Saturn too, and, and being present and being present here, but also being aware of the future because, you know, Saturn and Aquarius, uh, sun and Gemini, these air signs looking at the possibilities going forward. It's almost like we're, we have a moment of past, present and future all at once, <laughs> um, that, but, it, but it's kind of in a sweet way. Um, and, mm. but there is things, but it's interesting because there's things that are looming in the background. So even though we have these kind of sweet days, we are then on the 5th of June, um, just a few days after it, we have Mercury, uh, who's been retrograde makes its second square to Neptune. Um, oh. but we also have Mars opposing Pluto, Mars and cancer, mm. opposing, opposing, opposing Pluto, um, <laughs> And that, that, that's a tense combination. Um, for yeah, it's things a bit of a wake up. up call. Yes, it is. <laughs> yes, it is. Uh, but you know, it's, it's not the first time that Mercury has made that square to Neptune. So right. hopefully it's not a new issue or something sudden or anything like that. But 
more so a revisiting or consolidation of um, whatever it was that you experienced at the first pass of Mercury-Neptune um, on the 22nd of May or 23rd or how, whatever date it turns whatever out to be. Whatever mystery that turns out to be. Oh, my <laughs> you know, goodness. And, and just to remind you that was something to do with maybe the clarity of our minds or maybe it had something to do with technology and information loss or misjudgments or being gullible about something or maybe mm. having experiences of theft or, you know, something like that, scams, you know, yeah. that kind of thing. Um, uh, but, you know, that Mars-Pluto opposition, yeah, it sounds a bit more malicious, doesn't it? You know, this kind of battle of controls, uh, the will to the control will. and power. Yeah. Yeah, it's um, a bit of a showdown. It is. It, it's interesting because I feel like that can go two ways. Like either way, there's going to be tension around it because I mean, we're talking about Mars, uh, you know, this, this dominating kind of willpower energy with Pluto, which is also very much power related. But what I also see here is we have action energy being confronted with change. And I I loved what uh, I think uh, it was uh, Colin Bedell who was saying um, about Mars and cancer, you know, because Mars fights and Mars fights for what its interest is. And cancer, you know, this is family. This is loved ones. This is what you care about. Um, And so maybe there's something about that, uh, the sincerity of Sun and Saturn and also Venus trining Jupiter. That's like, wait, I care about this thing in my life, or I care about this scenario. Um, and I know I literally have to do a bunch of changes or I'm going to have to, uh, get in integrity in some way, or maybe lose some power around that so that I can actually position myself to have that because, you know, that's the beauty of the opposition is it can meet in the middle because you're looking at the polarity of it and you see that bird's eye view. Um, if you don't get caught in it for what it is, yes. but I, yeah. it makes, just makes me wonder if um, we just become very aware of what is important to us or what we care about. And then we actively mm. want to change to protect mm-hmm. that in some way. Yeah. That's a really great point, Melissa. Um, yes. Yeah, something's really going to be cutting deep into yeah. us, you know, um, this defensiveness maybe around our emotions or protection around family values and things like that, our own sense of sovereignty or, you know, something that's worth sort of fighting for at a very deep um, level, um, yeah. you know, is is going to be really highlighted with that transit. Um, Makes me think of yeah. security too. I mean, security is a big word for cancer and Capricorn speaking as a Sun and moon yeah. in that position. Well, I'm, yeah, I'm wondering whether there might be maybe like a police issue or something around that time. You know, Mars in Cancer mm. I often see as the police um, uh, symbol um, and, you know, in that opposition to Pluto, you know, bringing in that kind of, um, you know, um, great sort of cataclysmic, um, cathartic sort of energy. Um, so I'm wondering whether you know, we may sort of see something in the news around that time that involves like defending a country or like defensiveness of some sort. Um, I'm just currently thinking of that, um, 
the what's going on over there in Israel and Palestine. Yes. You know, with the civil wars, you know, I'm wondering whether that will really come to a head at that time with yeah. Miles opposing Pluto. Yeah. It, well, I mean, it, those are ripe, uh, you know, aspects for that sort of thing. Um, and it makes me wonder, too, if there's another leg of the uh, Chauvin trial here in the U.S., too, for the um, for the you know, the, the murder of George Floyd and, you know, things uh, along right. those lines, cause that, that trial's in motion too. And, and there's dates for that. I'll have mm. to double check on when that might be, but I mean, these, these are, these all are themes that can bring that, that to the forefront of, you know, power and, uh, conflict and violence and, uh, control and just all these things. Um, so, yeah. yeah, so, you know, and, and we also have to keep in mind that these are coming down to the dark days before a solar eclipse. So mm. this is, we are on the backdrop of still in this portal, still in this mystery, still in this very surreal time that just is eclipse season in general, but we're adding the, um, you know, the, the Mercury Neptune on top of it. So basically from last quarter of Pisces on the 2nd of June uh, to the solar eclipse uh, on the 10th, we have some sweet moments with Venus and Jupiter. We got some back to sincerity with Sun and Saturn, but we get some more Mercury, Neptune and and that Mars, Pluto that can definitely raise the hair on your back a little bit. <laughs> so, um, mm-hmm. but it leads us to the solar eclipse on June 10th uh, yes. at 19 degrees and 47 minutes of Gemini. Um, so much to say about this eclipse. Oh. oh, yeah, yes. But one one thing I will say is that there is such a newness that's connected to this eclipse, you know. Um, well, firstly, it's the new moon, and you mentioned <laughs> earlier before this is the first new moon um, eclipse that we've had in Gemini in this whole series. So I think that speaks volumes about, yes. like, and it's the last eclipse in Gemini for then the next eight years or something like that, eight and a half years. Yeah. So it's almost like the opportunity to really reset and re- and and plant a seed. Um, and this also happens right as Mercury makes the Kazemi aspect to the sun, um, which, start, which starts off a whole new Mercury synodic cycle. So it's a very um, important solar eclipse here to be planting something. Um, planting a new idea or yeah, it's, I, it's so <laughs> any ideas of what you you'll, you'll what? be planting. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Um, and it, it, it makes me wonder if we'll, if we're revisiting something too, because there is that mercury component that is retrograde. Um, so yeah. what we plant might still have, uh, you know, be taken back or something. Well, it still has residue from the past too, you know, like, or maybe taking Mm. that to the next chapter or, uh, something that we've learned, like it's not completely new to us, but it hits a new stage. Um, yeah. A recycled idea. (laughs) I like that a lot, actually. Uh, I like that a recycled idea. Um, and well, that's because, you know, there's, we, we come up with so many ideas, especially as Gemini people out there, uh, that can be great ideas. And sometimes you just have to put things in your back pocket for later. So we might be having, uh, some back pocket things 
come back up, uh, through that. Um, or any, you know, it might not even be just at this moment. Cause like th- these are longer six month periods plus to activate eclipses. So it could be something that's over time that triggers this, but it's interesting to have that sun, moon, mercury retrograde, all conjunct the inferior Kazemi, but also squaring Neptune. <laughs> Uh, yes, and, and so yeah. I mean, where, what do you see Neptune playing a role? Uh, in yeah, it's kind of like Neptune is um, dragging everyone by the heels in a way. Like it's it's the only one in the party there that doesn't actually want to see progress, perhaps, or like the fast action. It's like saying, mm-hmm. you know, just wait, stop, you know, just just hang here a little bit longer, and it's maybe causing fatigue or. Um, just exhaustion around the whole thing and just some uh, corruptions into, you know, how we're going to execute these recycled ideas. You know, this momentum is being obstructed a little bit by this Neptunian light. Um, But, you know, I think nevertheless with Saturn and Uranus also, you know, coming into perfection the week after, like there's just going to be an intense... Um, restlessness is, you know, like the racehorses wanting to get out of the, mm. the you know, those things that they get held back <laughs> Wherever in at they're the start held of the races, back you know? <laughs> what are, yeah, what are, their pens <laughs> or their, their lanes, I don't know. But yeah, they're behind yeah, the, like, the door's about to open, but, you yeah, know, but yeah. it's not. <laughs> exactly. So uh, I think Neptune will do its darndest to try and to keep everything in that square, you know, maybe throwing a few chaoses around, you know, like, um, I don't know, losing things or whatever. Um, But it's, uh, yeah, I think it's, I I think overall there's so much momentum with this eclipse that we are likely to be able to see something emerge from it. Yeah. Within the next six months. Yeah. Yeah. And we'll probably see that, you know, especially if it's tight in your own chart and you, you know, there's, and it's on a planet around 19 degrees of Gemini or squaring, you know, it's gonna, you'll probably see something in that moment. (laughs) Um, but you know, this is a peace out story and maybe, you know, maybe that's part of it. She is that this is a peace out story that has mystery behind it. And so there Mm -hmm. is new coming. There are those back pocket uh, ideas or connections that can come back in, but it Mm -hmm. has this sense of uh, lack of clarity in a way that, um, you know, you just still have to to roll with it and expect some things just to be unveiled over time. Uh, Mm. And that's just part of this particular process. But it's going to be a weird energy with the Saturn Uranus and, you know, just all the Neptune, but it's promising. Um, It is promising. And I keep thinking of, you know, the uh, 89 to 93 sort of period, you know, the individuals born then with that Saturn, Uranus, Neptune, triple conjunction, you know, and I think what, you know, and this kind of, you know, has the same players at play, um, but you know, Neptune really wants unity and it wants to be inclusive and to bring everyone together. And and that's what I see as a really striking characteristic of that generation um, of people born then, that they're so good at being inclusive. Like we see now the world being so accepting of all genders and all, you know, abilities and 
races, race and all that sort of stuff. Um, you know, it's it's how we can create something that hasn't actually existed in the world before um, to be inclusive of everyone and everything. Um, so that, I think, is the potential of this eclipse, having the same players all in slightly different configurations, but it's like they're all at a board meeting to see where we take it to the next step. Mm, I like that because at the end of the day, what are we doing in Gemini? We're learning. And so mm-hmm. this is just a, a, a big opportunity to learn um, and maybe be confronted with such things as uh, being more yeah. inclusive in an area of, uh, in areas of life and in community and in the world and what that looks like. And also uh, a more spiritualization of our idea of living and, and mm-hmm. how, you know, what, what are back to that perception quality um, and where we're making decisions from and where our head's at and it having, it's being confronted with a more spiritual tone um, that will maybe switch people's paths to be more aligned with something that is a higher nature because that is the higher, uh, you know, expression of Neptune. Like you saying, it's all inclusive. It's, it's, um, it's like, it gives, it gives to all it's bare, it's compassionate, it's forgiveness. Um, it is mm-hmm. surrender to the good of, of all people in, in a situation, you know, there, there's some lovely, connects there. And it's when miracles happen too, you know, Neptune Mm. is associated with miracles um, because, you know, sometimes we're in our darkest hour and then all of a sudden the miracle occurs. Right. Yes. And so there, there's that too. Um, And so I, I like that. Yeah. Yeah, Let's hope. (laughs) If that's not a, if that is not a, uh, tagline i don't know what is let's hope let's hope that that's good um so just a couple other things to like finish out the season we'll just gloss over them since we've talked a lot about (laughs) we've been talking a lot about this season oh my god um yes there's there's so much to say uh we don't want to keep you forever but um we do have Mars ingressing into Leo the next day, which is going to be a totally different flavor from Cancer, and we'll be activating that Saturn-Uranus action at some point. But any thoughts on uh, Mars and Leo? Yeah, well, I guess it's it's more action-orientated rather than sidestepping. It's going direct. You know, we may ruffle a few feathers in that process, and I guess being so close to the eclipse, in Gemini. And, you know, if we think of Mercury being a bit of an agitator, it wants to ask questions and raise polarities, you know, seeing the good and the bad or the, the other side of the situation. And, you know, this Mars ingress into Leo may actually aggravate that even more, you know, by, you know, adding action to these tough questions that yes. are being asked. <laughs> oh, I that's I like that. That's right because what I mean, Mars and Leo is pretty direct. It's like it is fire is direct, fire is in the moment. Uh, Leo is fixed in its purpose. It's it's not it's not moving um, there. So there's going to be a lot of tension, I think, with uh, just you know people probably knowing what they want at that t- part too. You know, we just went through eclipses. Mercury is now moving away from that square to Neptune. It's already been through the, you know, inferior conjunction. And I think we're going to be on page more of like, 
where we're going, what we want, you know, and, and then all of a sudden we have the energy and the volition and, you know, the passion behind it. Um, and that is going to create some, some movement, uh, but also tension and blockages yeah. uh, through yeah. that. <laughs> yeah. I guess where Mars goes, it wants to sever. So maybe, maybe making the calls to, to sever or to end or to, to cut off, you know, um, and, but, you know, both being a heated, um, you know, Mars is hot and same with Leo, you know, it's about overall, it's about rising. It's about ascension. Mm. It's about wanting to strive to head upwards. So, you know, it's all in that, that spirit yeah. of doing that, you know, it so hears whatever's the holding us back, call. you know, we may Yes, that's yes. right. To connect to our spirit. Yeah, yeah, I love that. I love that. So, so we're rising there, and there's going to be tension from that. But I think the just the the passion behind it, and the you know agenda of the sun, uh, and getting closer to. I love that the spirit. Um, yeah, it's like yeah. The, it's like the rising of the phoenix, isn't it? You know, out of the ashes of the fire that's been the eclipse. Um, you know, um, and the phoenix is rising kind of moment. Ah, I love it. I love it. So I'm looking forward to all Mars and in, in Leo. I'll have it in my solar return. So I'll get to experience it much longer oh, than just this. Oh, right. <laughs> um, but that's exciting. Uh, oh, and then, cool. so basically the next day we have Venus, Cancer, sextiling Uranus and square, squaring Chiron. That, so that's an interesting thing too, because right now Uranus, um, so on the 12th of June, Venus comes into a sensitive point where it gets electrified by Uranus. You know, it wants, it wants to shake things up a little bit or, you know, just kind of free up some energy there, but it's also getting a square from Chiron in Aries. And so right now Uranus and Chiron are basically like going toe to toe with their, um, degree points. And so when they hit at certain points of, uh, like Cardinal energy in particular, we get these squares to Chiron, but then these flows to Uranus. And so it's an mm. interesting, uh, it's yeah. like, it's the freedom, but also the, the, like the of Chiron, the, the trigger that comes yeah. with it too. Yeah, maybe that speaks a little bit to um, being able to receive the detachment, like the objectivity of our um, deep subjective feelings about, you know, maybe deep past wounds and feelings of helplessness and um, being undervalued and all that sort of stuff. You know, Uranus helps to maybe lift us out of that a little bit mm. by offering us inside of just being able to detach and and to to view things more objectively than to be sucked into that um you know all encompassing emotion of it all being venus in cancer you know, mm. squaring to that chiron yeah. yeah but you know it's obviously touching at you know our feelings of being unwanted or unworthy or being mm. abandoned or rejected and in some way that, that's, oh, I really like that because, you know, we look at Venus and cancer and it does have that merging quality and maybe at times the codependence quality where we look at Aries and it's, it's different. And there's, so I feel like there's different self loves that are coming from both the cancer mm. and the Aries space where Aries is like, I need to love myself and I'm, I, and stand on my own in some way. And cancer, you know, is like, I, I'm putting self-care into myself, but I'm inclusive and, and wanting to 
to nurture someone, other people in the process. And they're just being tension between uh, what you, what you might need as an individual versus how you can show up for, you know, loved ones and family. Um, But also Mm -hmm. needing the release point of that Uranus um, and maybe in a very practical and embodied way, because it's Taurus where it's, you know, you need to like ground Mm -hmm. that energy um, in Mm -hmm. order to reach that. So, you know, there could be a little relationship tension, but also release on June 12th um, around that time. Um, And I mean, the sun goes to square Neptune the day after. So we are, I feel like just the, that square perfecting and, you know, Neptune's going to put us more in touch with compassion, uh, mm-hmm. with letting go of things, surrendering, um, you know, and coming like, from a more unified sense. Yes. Perhaps. Yeah. Yeah. Like that. Yeah. And I guess this is also a time to watch as well with the, the whole vaccines issue. Um, perhaps something interesting might might come up on the news around that, you know, around vaccines or infections and whole conspiracy thing. Yeah. And so, yeah, mm -hmm, that's so Are we going to come to a unified (laughs) sense of that? Probably not, but. um, (laughs) Probably not. Well, okay. So to kind of play off what you're saying there, um, I I think you might be onto something uh, because obviously we're talking about the sun squaring Neptune. We already went into why Neptune is kind of, you know, associated with vaccines and the disease, et cetera. But basically we're coming out of the solar eclipse in Gemini to head to a first quarter in Virgo. Uh, right as the Saturn Uranus square is perfecting its second pass. So what? So you know, a first uh, first quarter is always pushing us forward, and in the sign of Virgo, this is health. There is health and bodily, you know. Uh, mm. <laughs> things going on. Structure. Mm. Yeah. It, that, that has some tension around it with the lunar cycle pushing off at that point. So I think it's a combination of the sun, Neptune, Saturn, Uranus square. We're going to definitely, there's going to be some big news around the 14th of June, just because yeah. That, that square is no joke. It will give you, it's going to give us something at the time and it's going to be world-oriented. <laughs> yeah, uh, definitely. Sure. Something to do with change and the resistance to change or like restlessness and dissatisfaction clashing with the need for stability and order in some way. So, yeah, um, yeah, yeah. interesting time to watch the news of that. Yeah. Yeah. So basically from the solar eclipse on, be watching that news because Jupiter is going to be slowing the station too for the solstice uh, when cancer season starts. So we have all the whole time we have Jupiter slowing down. Um, And so there's Mm. just such a ripe, uh, I mean, this whole season, I mean, we've gabbed about it for, you know, well over an hour and a half here now. And um, there's just so, to go back to the first thing you said about there just being so many threads to Gemini. Mm-hmm. Um, it's, and why that's yeah, so perfect. So, yeah. <laughs> I know. So when you asked me to come up with a keyword for the season, yes. I'm like, oh, what? That's so mean. Just one word. One word, <laughs> one word. Maybe <laughs> I'll give you a sentence. But... <laughs> What's the first word that comes to mind when you just think about everything that we talked about? Blurt it out. Ah, oh, busy. Just okay. Busy and learning how to manage the busyness, busyness of the mind, busyness of our bodies, of the world, and 
whereabouts do you sit in and amongst this whole space? I think <laughs> and it's a surreal beautiful. space. Do yes. you want to tap out of that space or not? <laughs> yes, I think that is the perfect word for it. Absolutely. Um, and I mean, I don't even know what my word would be because uh, I mean, busy really sums it up. Um, but it's just kind of like, I'm like, my words. Ugh. <laughs> <laughs> but that's just me. That's me personally. Nonverbal. Um, yeah. <laughs> uh, the Neptune nonverbal. <laughs> I know, right? My my I feel like my word uh is patience. Not that it is what will be embodied in this season. I don't think we're going to naturally have it. <laughs> but yes. I feel like just saying that word within all the busyness, within all maybe the uncertainty or the surrealness, um, and then having that Saturn-Uranus square in the background the whole time with Saturn kicking things off by stationing. I feel like that Saturn's just like, you still need, you know, there, there's, there, there has to be, not everything's just going to unfold. Why don't let yourself live in anxiety because you're like, so stuck in like it moving or things not moving or, and so we have to, you know, get to that. As my grandma always said, patience is a virtue. Um, so I think that that is part of this as we wade through Good advice. some of the mystery and that actually might be our, our shared word here is mystery. Yeah. Um, mystery. Yeah. And yep. accepting it um, and, and getting excited about it too, because if we knew everything that was going to happen in our lives, how boring would that be? And so yeah. there is, you know, Gemini loves a little fun. Gemini likes to uh, experience a lot of things, flirt it up a bit, you know, like test some waters and, and, and challenge some, you know, some ideas and thoughts and, um, and there's, there's, you know, there's uncertainty that comes around that and mystery. And so have fun with it, I suppose. <laughs> yeah. We've got to leave room for the imagination mm. with the mist. That's what mysteries do. It helps us to yes. um, participate in that imaginal realm, which is always a good thing. Oh, I love that. Yeah. That's perfect. All right. Well, I guess we, we wish you luck during, uh, luck and learning during this Gemini season. Um, and so, all right, well, Shu, where can people find you? What do you got going on? Uh, um, sure. You can find me on my website at www.intercycle. That's I N T E R P S Y C L E.com. And I'm on Instagram as well. Intercycle underscore astrology. Um, I'm teaching a presentation at the Mercury Alchemy, Mercury Retrograde Alchemy Summit at the end of May, which is about demystifying the idea of Mercury Retrograde. So I'll be presenting a talk about the planetary joys and why Mercury joys in the first house as a way of understanding the whole Mercury retrograde idea. So yeah, it's a free summit. So you can tune into that. Um, I think, yeah, details are on my Instagram. So yeah. I love it. I like that angle. I'm curious. And so, and you'll be doing it as Mercury stations, I'm sure. So maybe (laughs) uh, the messenger will have just the right words for you to. Yeah. It's been, yeah, it's definitely been tough 
for creating that presentation in the Mercury shadow, I must say. <laughs> I'm sure. I'm sure. Well, I will definitely share all that information so you can find Shu and that uh, the presentation that she'll be doing on my website. Well, not on my website, but I will share that information on my website um, at energeticprinciples.com. And also you can find me on uh, Energetic Principles in on Instagram and on Facebook. And once again, I will be doing that uh, live with uh, Stormy Grace on her YouTube channel for the YouTube Academy on the 31st of May. I believe that is at 10 a.m. Pacific, uh, where I will have a pre-recorded presentation, but I will be there live in the chat to answer questions with Stormy. So uh, come and check that out. And if you can't make it then, it'll be up on her YouTube for the whole rest of the year to watch it anytime when you want to get to it. So um, there is that. Um, but all right. So what else do people need to know? Well, you know, if you enjoyed listening to us talk here today, all about Gemini season and you know, leave a nice review wherever you listen to this podcast or share it with a friend, uh, spread the good word, which is definitely what you want to do during Gemini season. This is the time to get the word out, share the thoughts. Um, and yeah, it just, uh, you know, it's a way to support both myself and Shu to be seen further. Uh, when you spread the good word. So that being said, all right, well, it was such a pleasure to host you and to talk all about Gemini season, all about it. <laughs> Thank you for joining me. Shoot. Oh, this has been so much fun. Thank you so much for having me on your show. Absolutely. Anytime, anytime. All right. And thank you so much for tuning in to us. Gab, gab, gab about Gemini season. Uh, we wish you the best of luck out there as the eclipses roll through. And as always, may the stars be with you. Mm-hmm.